Um, if you have your Bibles uh, with you, grab it and turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. If you don't, uh, maybe you've got your little uh, electronic device there. Or if not, there's some Bibles on the back. Just raise your hand and Pastor Aaron um, uh, will be happy to give you one. Uh, so most of us here, we, we are, uh, we've read and, and studied the account uh, uh, whenever the, the Holy Spirit came uh, upon his people after the ascension of Christ. And, um, and uh, on that day, it begins in uh, chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, other tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in uh, Jerusalem, uh, and God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven were there. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together and bewildered it because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking uh, Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native tongue? And uh, at that point, come on down to um, chapter, I mean, uh, chapter 2, verse 12. It says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed a crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and in the background of this, and this is what the prophet Joel said would begin to happen, not just in there. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on earth below. This is God's word. Now, how many of you have uh, been keeping up or been exposed to what's been going on at Asbury in Wilmore, Texas? Uh, so uh, now we know, as you've heard, that it's not just, what did I say? Uh, Texas, I mean Kentucky. I felt like I drove to Texas. Uh, uh, and Yeah, Wilmore, Kentucky. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not now, it's just not, uh, it's just not isolated there. We're seeing, uh, this same phenomenon pop up, you know, all around the nation. And, uh, so when I first heard about it, uh, you know, I was, I was reading some of the accounts, uh, uh, hearing the testimonies of some of the people there and hearing what, you know, others were saying about it. And, and, and I was, uh, you know, int certainly intrigued. I was watching some of the videos and, and uh, seeing some of the stuff that was going on. But I, I kept hearing, you know, uh, uh, more and more about, you know, how this thing got going. 
And uh, as, as most of you are probably aware, Asbury uh, has experienced uh, this phenomenon before. Uh, in the, back in the, a well-known one in 1970 and before that earlier in the century. Uh, but it's just this powerful outpouring of the presence of God. And so, um, and I, you know, I, I was certainly curious and, and intrigued by this because, quite frankly, what my understanding of just this powerful uh, move of God, I, I mean, I had never really seen this in, in my lifetime. While I was in seminary in Texas, you know, we studied about the 1970 Asbury Revival. It was, you know, it's part of the study as far as, you know, the work of God, how God works. And so I was hearing the stories, as you have, you know, of, of just the fact that they had the normal chapel service, which most people, you know, a lot of students try to avoid, like the plague. Uh, but uh, they had their, their normal uh, chapel service, and, and then they ended with a song, and, and yet I think they extended it to another song, and then people, you know, they left. But there was just a few who God was just really, really present with, and, and, and they just were just... Um, you know, just broken. They were just like, God, I need that. You know, they really, they really meant what we sang at the very beginning. Jesus, I need you. I'm desperate without you. And there was this profound awareness in the presence, you know, in the presence of, of when his presence is so powerful, it's like, whoa, now I understand. And so, you know, they just made some confessions, and they were praying for one another, and, and they got just freed up from, uh, you know, whether it's stress or a lot of bitterness or anger or, or, or maybe it's something that had been done to them, and God had just freed them up, and they were just worshiping. And then the stories were, you know, that as others had gone to class, and then they were walking back by, they heard something going on. And so it's like they were prompted to go back in. And so it just began to build and build and build. And now because of this thing that sometimes can be used for evil, God intended for good, social media. <laughs> uh, you know, Satan wants to use it to, to, in so many of our lives to distract us uh, and uh, to harm us and get our mind in the gutter. But because of social media, the word got out. And, and uh, so, you know, I was keeping up with it and, and, and God, I'm going, man, this is, I, I don't know what to really think about this. And, uh, but the stories kept coming about the transformed lives of people. And so, you know, uh, Monday and Tuesday, I was like, I might ought to go check it out. And then, you know, but I've got a lot going on. And then by Wednesday, you know, it's like, you know, God just prompted me. He said, you know, you know, you always are saying, join God with where he's working. You know, so you've, your, your agenda is more important than what I'm doing. And this is my kingdom come, my will be done. So I said, okay, okay. So I jumped in the car. And I was trying to decide if I was going to fly up there or, or drive up there. And, and, um, and by the t you know, going to the airport and all that's cray-cray. And so I said, well, I'm just, I, I'm just going to drive. And uh, y'all know that I already drive a lot as it is. But, uh, and it's, um, you know, a solid, you know, it took me six hours, you know, stopping and, and, uh, and uh, getting gas and all that kind of stuff. But on the way up there, you know, I, I was just, Praying, saying, "All right, Lord, just sh 
show me what you want to show me. Help me to experience what it is that, that you want me to experience. Help me to hear what it is, you know, that I, that I need to hear. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm going. I was trying not to get, uh, you know, any type of uh, unrealistic expectation. God, I just, I just want to go because these folks are saying your powerful presence is transforming. And it says one, one guy uh, said, um, one, of my, one of my, Daniel shared a, a, a little video with me, and one of the guys that came from another university, he was all excited, and he goes, you know, at their Christian university, you know, they're told to pray for revival, pray for revival. By the way, how often do you pray for revival in, 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 in your life or in our church or in America? And so he goes, and then they lock us in a room and say, pray for revival. And he goes, I don't even know what revival is, but I'm going, Lord, we want revival. And then, you know, one of my friends comes up, he says, and says, Jesus has showed up. In Wilmer, Kentucky. And he goes, if, you know, if, if Jesus suddenly locus, localized himself in one place, how could we not drive six hours? And they said, all right, we're going. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, if, if his powerful presence is in that one place, you know, how, how could I not go? So that was my that was my decision making process, and you know, jumped in the car, got up there, uh, and uh, you know what I saw. I mean, I didn't, I really didn't want to have any real expectation, but what you know, what I saw and came away with was simply this: a glimpse of heaven. You know, God created us. You know, we're on this earth this long, right here, and then from here to Texas or to Kentucky. It's just, it's, it is eternity. We are created to have a loving relationship with God the Father, and it's only because of the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. We're created to be worshipers of Him. And so, um, I, got, I saw this glimpse of heaven. Now, the first thing I saw was not a picture of heaven. It was a ridiculously half mile long line to get into the chapel and I went whoa I thought I was just going to ease up here and just kind of pop into well, I think was it Hughes Auditorium and, and uh, kind of check this out and so I go get in the line and uh, everybody's just like so I mean it's just like, almost like a glow they're so kind and they're so nice and there's nobody pushing, you know, like I, I you know, I, I, in my flesh, I'm going, wait a minute, I just drove a long ways, and y'all live in, you live in the city? I think I'm going ahead of you, you know, no. Um, you know, everybody was so kind. They had food, they were, they had food. People had come in and made donations, and there was food there so that people did not, uh, you know, have to be distracted, you know, and so they had food, and they had water bottles, and they, had, and, and they were coming and offering all this stuff, and, and there was just conversation after conversation, you know, that I was having, some of them had not been in, and some of them had, and the ones who, who, who had been in, you know, they were going like, you know, we just didn't want to leave, but, you know, we, we, we had to go get a nap, and um, so, you know, there was just this long line, and then but amazingly, it moved. It moved pretty quick, and 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 I, as I as I as I walked in, you know, there was an awareness that there was some you know something different. 
but, but, but when I walked in, uh, <laughs> there, were, there were no screens up there. I mean, all I, I saw a lot of people just worshiping. I saw a lot of people, you know, up front. They were crying, you know, and they were being prayed for. And, and, uh, but but just, just there was no screens. There was a, 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 some, a, few musici- a few musicians that I, I thought were about average at best. And there were some singers that I thought maybe be average at best. And to top it off, they didn't even have words to the songs that they were singing. And so I was going, okay, okay. But what I heard was this unashamed, uninhibited, just worship, adoration for God, for the Lord Jesus Christ, for the Spirit of God. So... Now here, let me let me give you a couple examples as far as this picture of heaven. The first thing, you know, was the absolute diversity of the crowd. You know, we just read earlier that, you know, God says there's going to be times, just like at Pentecost, that in God's sovereignty, he just pours out his spirit, he says, on all people. And, and, and the, there was red, yellow, black, and white. Uh, there was young, and there was old, and and... And there was, I'm sure there were some people of means there, but there was a lot of people, you know, all tatted up and, you know, in scraggly jeans and caps turned backwards and all that. But it was this unashamed, almost pixelated adoration, continuous worship and adoration. So that, can, you know, and, and it was not a hyped up thing, you know, n- not at all, but there was just, just great diversity and clear picture of heaven. Second, that un- unrestricted, uninhibited worship. You know, so excited. There was, there was no self-consciousness. There was no self-consciousness, you know, by the people that were. And, and it was just so evident that the, all the fruit of the Spirit is there. Love. There was this deep awareness of God's love. And, and by the way, some of you, how many of you saw the, the little chapel speaker that spoke right before all this broke out? Anybody see that? You know, and he was preaching on Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. And he was saying, and he highlighted 30 commands of this is how you love one another. 30 ways to, to, to love your enemy, serve them, da, da, da. And, it, and it's like, you know, students, and, and he's, he made a specific uh, point to say, seniors, some of you are about to go out of here in three months, and you're going thinking you're going to go save the world, this, that, and the other, but you are utterly incapable of doing this. You cannot, you cannot love in this way. Only Jesus Christ can love in this way. And it's only when you encounter and are so aware of the love that Jesus Christ has for you and you receive that love, will you ever be able to allow that love to pass from you to the folks out there? And, uh, but there was this deep awareness of, of love. There was peace. It was, there, you know, again, it wasn't chaos at all. Even though at that particular time it had been going like 150 hours, you know, 150 continuous hours. And, and, and there was joy, good gracious, there was joy. But all the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, 
patience out there in the line. Patience, you know, there was just joy in the process. Kindness, a lot of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It was like the full presence of the fruit of the Spirit. There were people at the altar, people singing. Um, just and it was just it was a it was a beautiful picture of heaven. And then and then and then you know after a while, and they kept just bringing all these students. It's all student and faculty led. They'd bring in a different crew. After several hours, they'd bring in another group of musicians. Uh, and um, but in between that, there was like a, a, maybe a faculty member got up and a, a lady, and she was just you know just sharing and kind of giving a testimony and you know, about her experience, and, and then she was uh, just reading from the passage, you know, of Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, this woman's dealing with Jesus on a very, you know, practical, in a very practical way, and then all of a sudden something profound and spiritual because when Jesus shows up, things change. And then she realized that he knew everything about her. And, and, and he goes, listen, you come to this well. You come all the time. You come to this well, and you have to keep coming. But, but I've got something to give you that if you receive that, you'll never thirst again. And, and then, you know, you know the story. I mean, she went running back to, to, to her town folks and, and, and shared that. And then this lady just said, like, listen, there's some of you, there's somebody here, you're just like that woman at the well. You've been going to the well of church maybe all your life. You, you, but you have never truly been filled. You've never been satisfied. And you just keep going and you keep going after this and keep going after this. But today, Jesus wants you to receive himself. He wants you to receive that one. Somebody's here and, and, I just, and you know that. You know that's you. And you know that you know you still are restless and, and got all these issues in your life and stuff, but you know right now that Jesus is knocking on your heart's door. I don't want you to stand up. And so that you know, this place is packed. And by the way, there was like four overflow buildings that were also packed. You know, it had spread out to all that. And, you know, I looked around and I I, I didn't know what and nobody stood stood up. Until finally one fell in the back. Uh, a young black man, I think he may, ha he may have been a student. She goes, are you, are you standing? And, and he kind of goes, and the place erupted, erupted. And I was thinking, I could understand that. I could understand a big ovation where people just, yay, you know, if they're like, you know, 100 people. And I was thinking, this is a little over the top for just, I mean, all that for that one person picture of heaven Jesus says there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one that repents see see so God's kind of saying there's 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 still this American economy and and world think you know that enters into to our minds it's a lot of a transaction but in his kindness and his graciousness, he said, I'm, I'm going to give you a glimpse of what you're created for. Uninhibited, unending, unrestricted worship. People from every tribe and every tongue. And 
how heaven responds when one, one turns to him. I was talking uh, to, I moved to a couple of different places. And by the way, when I got to the door, I didn't know how this thing was working. When I got up to the entrance of the door, the, there was, they had so many people in there just working to find seats. Because, you know, it was like people coming in and coming out. And I was going, okay, I'm, 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 I'm right up here. And then this guy was going, okay, how many of you in your group? How many in your group? You know, four, three, six, two, one. And so they kept having spaces for six, four, three. And I'm thinking, how about one plus three for four? You know, I, I was going, what's going on here? You know, my goodness. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, so I got in and then... Um, Ended up in several different places, but after a while, I'd be sitting in this person to my right, and and uh, and I'm so you you know I asked him, hey, you from around here? Yeah, no, tell me, what do you think? And 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 to the person, and I I know I ask over half a dozen people, and they say I've never seen anything like this. And I'm going, well, what kind of church? I mean, you, and, and, and there were people in mega churches and medium churches. Every one of them was every, I said, so what is it? And, and, and every one of them said, it's just God's presence is so thick. It's an infusion of his presence. And, and so I ended up being there only five hours. I did not know. My, uh, Sarah was just worried sick she's going to, wait a minute you're going up there without a place to stay yeah I, said, I don't know and actually on my way up there I was praying Lord if you want me to stay then and I and I need a place then just provide it would you but I don't know I don't know but I don't know how long I need to be up here but I got up there at like six and, and a little after 11 o'clock uh, the president came up and he said hey we've been going at this for eight days now and you know we've been praying and processing uh, we're, we're you know, anything that God does is sustainable, but what we're going to do is at 2 a.m., we're going to shut this auditorium down. We're going to continue in, in with our, some of our students in worship and praise, but, you know, by this time, there are people from all over the world. And we're, we're going to shut it down at like 2 a.m., and we're not going to open it back up till till 12. And I said, all right, Lord, then I think I've already got what you want, want for me to know. So I got in my car, and I headed back. And that's a miracle, because y'all know I go to bed at 9 o'clock. I mean, I will slip in there at 8.30 if I can. And, uh, but so here it is, it's, you know, getting close to midnight, and I turn my car in this direction, and I'm going to say, all right, you know, I'll see how far I get. And I got all the way home. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, but anyway, so I was only there five hours, but, you know, by the time they made that announcement, I looked down, and I didn't know I'd been there five hours. Like I, I never looked at I never looked at my watch, but there are other people, and you've heard these testimonies. They have been there 24 hours, or, and even more, and and they and they go, you just lose, you just lose all sense of time. And then I heard somebody say, well, you know, that's what happens when eternity enters the room. You just lose all sense of time. And we are rigid on that time stuff. So, anyway, I, that it's like it's like God, you know. And and by the way, I, I did go. I did go to all. They had they had people that prayed for folks. I went up front and and I confessed a lot of your sins. And um, and they said go back. You know, I'm saying 
No, I mean, I just said, listen, what, 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 you, what do you want to pray for? And I had some personal things, but then, and, and then I said, uh, what I really want you to pray for is God, God has been so affirming and so kind and so sweet in, in allowing me to come up here because it's through this experience, everything that I've observed, it, it left me so encouraged and expectant. Because see here, I think that one of the reasons that God wanted me to go was to, to let us know that by what he's been leading us through for the last six months, that he has positioned us to experience a mighty movement of his spirit right here. Right here. See, religion didn't show up at Asbury. Churchanity didn't show up as Asbury. Professional singers and musicians did not show up at Asbury. Famous, intriguing preachers with moving sermons did not show up at Asbury. Jesus showed up at Asbury. There was nothing that I observed that could to explain why this was, and never, again, no hype, no hype. Nothing I could see to explain for this amazing movement, this mighty movement that was transforming people's lives, setting people free, reconciling, and, and God just being praised and worshiped. By the way, what we'll be doing for all eternity, what we were just singing. Holy, holy, holy. We'll join with the elders and the angels. It reminds me of a story of D.L. Moody. How many of y'all remember D.L. Moody? How many of y'all read about him? You know, he's a great evangelist, you know, that, uh, that God used, used so, so in, in some of the great, uh, one of the great awakenings, and, and people were just flocking to, to, flocking to Jesus, and, 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 and the whole culture was being changed. And, and he was in England, and, and he was reading a report that one of the reporters from, you know, Great Britain uh, had, had talked about. And he, just, he was talking about all these people and coming to the God and worshiping a God. And, and then he, go, he gets down to, to D.L. Moody. He goes, he said, I don't get it. He said, D.L. Moody butchered, butchers the king's English. He is immensely overweight. He is quite an unkept chap. And he goes on to list all these kind of negative things. He's, and at the end he says, I see nothing in D.L. Moody to account for his success. To which D.L. said, that's, that's it. There is nothing in me to account. It is all God. So here, here, here is the platform that, that so encouraged me. And uh, I just want to share this. You know, for, you know first, it's... It was very clear, and these people were just saying, we were hungry for God. We were hungry for God. Just a few people, and it was just a few that started there that was just like, they were, they, in, in, in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of his spirit, it was very clear. Apart from him, I can do nothing. But with him, he is all that matters. And so it's, it's that beatitude where Jesus says, blessed, blessed, 
are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So there was this intense hunger. It's this awareness. God, I need you. I need you. I need you every day. There was none of this prideful kind of like, yeah, I can get it every now and then. Give me quarter of worth you've got. And no, no, no. God, I need you. There was this hunger. But, but also that, that was coupled with this, what they call radical humility. Again, there was no self-consciousness. You know, there, there was no self-promotion. You know, these people in the presence of Jesus just humbled themselves. They were prostrate in, in their decision and their actions and their attitudes. And by the way, that's what, that's what Peter says in 1 Peter 5. Verse 5 and 6, uh, he says, clothe yourselves, clothe yourselves in humility with one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So he says, just humble yourself before God and before one another. You know, we spent several weeks in that. Not that we got it, but this is a process that God was inviting us in his kindness to, so that we could be right with God and be right with others so that they may see the glory of Christ. Not, not see this religion and the same attitudes of that the world, but there was this radical humility. But I think the key was they lingered. You know, there, there was a few people that just... Lingered. They weren't like, okay, I got tests coming up in two weeks. I've got to make two more plaques. They just, when Jesus showed up, they said, we're going to hang with you, Jesus. Because you are king of kings and lord of lords. I've been created, not for my agenda, but I've been created for a relationship with you, Jesus. And you are here. You've located yourself. You've set up your chair right here. And you're saying, come to me. All you are weary. All you are heavy laden. And that's what the psalmist says in Psalm 37. He said, be still and wait patiently for the Lord. Be still and wait patiently for the Lord. And they did it. And God continues to do an unearthly, unworldly work. And it's not because we deserve it in America, because we don't. But it's because he is a good, good father. And in his kindness, he's saying, I'm going to pour out my spirit again. I'm going to pour out my spirit again. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I think the, the key here is, is what Paul is saying. He says, you know, we kind of look around in, in through tangible human eyes, but he says, the Lord is spirit. God is spirit. The Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. Freedom. 
it was that encounter with that freedom uh, that that has resulted in this mighty fresh wind, fresh fire, where people's lives are transformed. That now they're already plans, and their their leadership is like, you know, God, you have changed our lives. Just like you did at Pentecost, you, Jesus, we love you, Jesus. Thank you so much. The awareness of what they had been forgiven of, the awareness of the addictions that they've been freed of, of the healing. Uh, and, and again, so much of this is Gen Z, young people. God often does it there. And it's, I think it's part of God's way of saying, you know, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. What, 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 he, what I left with was this. It's like, it kind of made me so, you know, if we create it, and boy, have we tried to do that as a church. So if we create it, we have to sustain it. But if God the Father and God the Son and God and the Holy Spirit are there and they do a work, like I saw there, They'll bring their friends. They'll bring those who Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to bring sight to those who are blinded by all this, to bring freedom to those who are in bondage, to release people that are in captivity. And that's what I saw happening. And that's what I praise and we can praise God for. But you know, his promise is this. It's not just in Asbury, and it's not just at Lee College, not just at Sanford, and not at many of these other places. But he says, where two or three are gathered, and in my name I am there. He is here. And the question is, is will, we, will we say, Lord, I... I want to be hungry for you. Lord, I will humble myself in any way you show me. Lord, I will linger so that I can encounter you. He wants to bring the same healing, the same freedom that people in Wilma, Kentucky have been experiencing for almost two weeks. And some of us some of us are kind of like that woman at the well. I mean, we, you know, we've been going to the well. Whatever, wherever we think we can get filled up, wherever we think, you know, and it may be at church and it may be pleasure, it may be the world. We've been going to the well, going to the well, but we're not satisfied. And you know how I know that? It's because, see, some, some of you, you know, are right now are just kind of skeptical. And, you know, you're approaching this, and I've, I've seen some, peop- some dishes on this stuff. Some of you are skeptical, and you go, ah. I beg you, would you bring that skepticism to Jesus? I pray that the Holy Spirit would release you of that. See, and, and some, some of you are here, and, 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 and you know, you're doing, you're doing your due diligence, but you are all twisted up inside. 
I mean, there's a good front. There's a, you know, we mask this stuff well, but you are all twisted up. There are broken relationships in, uh, in your life. There's bitterness. There's angry. You're just, there's anger there. There's a critical spirit even to the people that are closest to you. judgmental, you're addicted. But all you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> Don't be prideful. Be humble. And what God has done there, he wants to do here. The bride of Hebrews says this, and I think it's a, a stern encouragement for us. He said, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. There's an invitation of God for us, for you, for me. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ. And as it has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And that's my prayer. Is that as we as we enter into this time of reflection and examination uh, and prayer that we too would we, we, would, we would humble ourselves before God and that we would linger maybe with somebody, go to them, whatever God, the Spirit of God is revealing because he wants you to experience freedom to, whether, to, 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 to the point to where rather than being a casual, nonchalant, yeah, Jesus, yay, Jesus, yay, there's just welling up within your soul this profound gratitude because you have been set free. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And I want to encourage you as, as to listen to the words of this, 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 this closing song and ask the Spirit of God to speak to you and let him reveal himself to you and counter him not in a religious way, not in churchanity, but the person of Jesus Christ who is real. He is here. I think this song, the words of this song, captures really the heart of, of, of those folks that it, God has brought them to this point. And he wants to bring me and you to that because then we will be filled and satisfied. Precious God, we praise you. We, we don't understand it all, but we thank you but that in your kindness and your goodness, you've not left us in our mess. It's as though through uh, COVID that exposed so much about what's wrong with church that now in your kindness, you, you're offering yourself so that we may experience that deep love and then we may Share that deep love in deep and profound ways. But first, we need to come and experience you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. 
in this hour. For we make it our prayer in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.